Welcome to another Sports Central. I'm Rick Drewer. I'm Phil Fechner. Well, Phil, at long last, the uh, AFL draft is over. So uh, what did you make of it all? Well, it was long and drawn out and boring and, you know, nearly two weeks of it. Um, over it, Totally over it. But anyway, I, for Port, a very good draft, I would say, Rick. Well, I, I don't think you could do very much better than what they've done to get the three players they've got. And very good clean out, I think. Um, uh, three or four real fringe players and probably a couple that we could have kept, I thought. But um, for Port, the in, in's are very good. Motlop, Rockcliffe and uh, obviously Watsy. So um, uh, three key players there, I yes, would say. I, I, uh, there, there was a bit of a clean out, half a dozen or so, but... Really, it was only Trengrove who actually had played um, uh, the majority of the season. Sure, he uh, did have an injury and then didn't get back in the side, and I think that they made it quite obvious, the Port Adelaide crew, that uh, he was a non-required player. And perhaps Archie's the other one, but uh, most of the others really um, hadn't played basically much AFL football anyway, really. No, I mean, Aaron Young only had the one good year, and... Yeah you know, got another contract and, and then hasn't really played much ever since. And, uh, yeah, Archie, I go along with that. I would like to see a bit more of him. And Jarman Impey, I mean, he's gone to Hawthorne. We wish him all the best, and uh, I think he could be quite good there. Oh, look, honestly, I just don't think he sort of fitted into the long-term scheme of things at Port Adelaide, but he he's a bit of an excitement machine, uh, incredibly quick, and uh, if anybody's going to get the best out of him, then it's got to be Alastair Clarkson. And uh, I'll make, make a prediction. I reckon he'll have a ripper of a year next year. Yeah, I'll probably go along with you there. I think uh, Clarkson, obviously one of the best coaches in the AFL. Um, you know, his record says it all, doesn't it? So uh, we'll just go through a couple of others, like Charlie Cameron. He's going to find it hard, I think, at Brisbane. He won't, the ball won't be coming lace out at him. And, well, it won't. Um, uh, but I do think, uh, and uh, obviously our listeners know that I'm not a Crow supporter, but I do think that Adelaide did the right thing. Whether they hung on to uh, the last day before they did it or they already had it stitched up and knew what they were going to do. But there is no value in my mind of forcing players to stay at your club if they really don't want to be there. Um, and I think they probably realised that some yeah, time he, ago. Yeah, he was walking. There's no doubt about it. He wasn't playing uh, for the Adelaide Footy Club anymore. Um, you could sense that, I think, right, right along. So... Um, but he'll find it hard, and he's going to have to win the ball there and not uh, just get it. He's a bit more of a receiver-type player, which you've got yes. to have in your side. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, and he's going to a club that certainly um, uh, hasn't got the overall strength that the Crows have got, and I, I think you're absolutely spot on. He will find it a lot harder. Just go through a couple others quickly. Jake Stringer's finally found a home at Essendon. Well, yes. I, Highly yeah. overrated, I think. I don't know. Well... For a guy who really has the talent, uh, his performances uh, are very spasmodic. I think that's the best you could say. Um, but, you know, sometimes change is a good as whole, yeah, eh? Yeah, I mean, look at uh, little uh, Eddie Betts is a, a classic example. Probably staled over at Carlton, wasn't he? And he's come over here, new lease of life, and yep. he's been a real little whiz-bang forward for them. Speaking of the Crows, Bryce Gibbs. Well, Phil... You know, I, you're a, a wiser man than I, but I don't understand the Crows over this. I really don't. When when you think that they wanted him, supposedly they wanted him last year and weren't prepared to give up a first-round draft pick that Carlton wanted to get him, and this year, lo and behold, they give up two. 
Now, I do not understand that. Um, uh, you know, obviously, uh, came the grand final, uh, they were concerned that when their performance in the midfield was pretty average, but all of a sudden, to sort of go backwards on what they claim to be a firm deal uh, staggers me. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah I, why didn't they get him last year then? With a, you know, well, yeah, they I, would I have can't done, work it out either. Yeah, I mean, one first-round draft pick would have been better than two. And he's a year old. He's 28 now. He is. And Maybe, I do have a slight theory here, though, Phil, that... that there are these rumours around, and there's always rumours in sport. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about marbles or anything else. There are quite strong rumours around that Rory Sloan, um, basically second to Eddie Betts as the Crows supporters fan I club favourite, yep, yep. um, could be uh, leaving the club at the end of uh, next season because he becomes a free agent and wants, and, and not being a Victorian, uh, wants to go home, but partly he wants to go home because of his wife's success in the media over there. And uh, maybe they know a lot more than we do and that Gibbs is the sort of insurance policy uh, for the fact that he might be uh, no longer there come the end of uh, 2018. Yeah, well, interesting times. Times will tell, aren't they? They've picked up Sam Gibson as well, the craze. Don't know much about him myself. He's no. an older-style player again. Um, so Well, well I think he's a bit of a, an insurance policy too uh, for their uh, defence... Um, with, uh, you know, a couple with injuries yeah. and uh, yeah. what's his face out for the whole... Smith's. Yeah, out with yeah. his knee reconstruction. Yeah. So even though he's older, he, that might be the insurance policy there. So uh, maybe the Crows have been uh, at least covering some gaps. Fair enough. We won't go on with the... Uh, we'll let that draft go now. We'll go... The well, just before we, well, just before we oh. go to the Redbacks... Wow. Now, did you hear about the AFL footballer that... Um, earned oh, so much money from footy, TV and commercials that he did, which you'd typically think of a, a young fellow with plenty of money. He bought himself a typical bachelor's pad. High fidelity in one corner and infidelity in the other. <laughs> oh, no, I should have gone straight to the Redbacks, I think. But anyway. They don't, get, they don't get any better, do they? Oh, no, they don't. <laughs> Um, so we're going on to the Redbacks. Well, they've won their one day, and um, Alex Carey and, and Jay Weatherall. Jay Weatherall. Jay Weatherall, yes, yes. Our Premier. Open <laughs> the batting. Prem- hey? It's not the Premier. Isn't it? No, it's not the Premier. Oh, okay. I thought he must have done some good. <laughs> well, maybe he, maybe he was a better cricketer than he was a politician. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But no, it's actually Jake Weatherall. Oh, okay. I'm glad you're right up with your cricket. Well, That's terrific, I thought that was Jay Weatherall. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, after the bad start that the Redbacks had in, in getting knocked over by uh, the Cricket Australia eleven in the first game, They've really uh, come good, uh, particularly, well, they had to because I think they had to win their last couple of minor round games to get to where they've got. They got to uh, the qualifying final, which they, against Victoria, who have been their nemesis uh, in uh, Shield uh, finals and every other form of the game, basically, and they whipped them. Yeah, and uh, Tommy Cooper got in the runs as well, I see. Yep. Um, it's in, it's interesting, though, uh with one-day cricket, and it's not knocking anybody, but there's no sort of real measuring line because you either are on for the day or you're off for the day, and, you know, you you, you seem to either make runs or not make runs. And I guess to sort of illustrate my point, um, 
And it's not, it's not a criticism of any of them. I think it's just the nature of the beast of, of one day cricket. I mean, if you look at your uh, premier, sorry, Jake Weatherald, you know, so far he's made 333 runs in the competition and 116 of them have come in one innings. Um, you can back, basically say the same thing, particularly, say, for Ferguson. Now, Ferguson's made 321 runs and he made 169 of them in one innings. So, uh, and I could go on with a couple of the others, but it, it just illustrates that, um, you know, the average looks good, but the strike rate, you know, it seems to be in 50 over cricket, you either make a lot or you miss out. Um, and, uh, but, you know, Joe Many, the bowling's not too bad. Valente's um, chimed in with a few runs and a few wickets, but, you know, the Western Australians haven't lost a game, um, and you'd like to say the South Australians, well, it's a two-horse race, and mm. they're one of them. So uh, they'll have to have everything go right to beat the Western Australians, though, I think. Yeah, no, I tend to agree with you, I think. Um, but, uh, I mean, Valenti's been a, a real fine for us. I think he's uh, been a surprise packet. Well, the, the gurus say that you've got to have an all-rounder. Uh, I read a very interesting story in the uh, Australian recently from a... Uh, scribe who claimed that the greatest cricket teams in the world have always been tra traditional teams, and that is um, your six best batsmen, your four best bowlers, and the best wicketkeeper, not, not a wicketkeeper who can bat as well. And, the, that's, and, and then he was claiming that that's the formula for a great cricket team. And he also argued that if you can't get size out with your four best bowlers, then the fifth one's not going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, well, interesting times. I mean, you've got to be in it to win it, don't you? So, um, there we go. Yes. Um, and tonight, the, Re uh, the Reds, we'll just go to the soccer quickly. Just They take on Melbourne Victory. It's the old rival. It is It is the rival. Kick off and tonight at Adelaide, at Adelaide Oval yes, tonight. Yes, Adelaide Oval tonight. Oh, and so there'll, be a, there'll be a big crowd. They, they are the proverbial. They are, even though we're talking about interstate stuff, this, this rivalry between uh, them and uh, the Reds is exactly like a showdown in AFL football. This is the... This is the, the tough one. Um, and I guess records are only there to be broken. But statistically, um, it's, it's amazing that uh, the Reds haven't got a good track record against them here or away. So uh, yeah, the new coach, the new yeah, coach seems to have put a new flux of players yeah. in, you know, so um, she's a different ball game. It is. And we've got the 36, we'll go to the basketball quickly. The 36 is playing tomorrow night. They've got the Kings, which is another... Um, real rival club that we always seem to struggle against a bit too. Yeah. Uh, uh, coached by Andrew Gaze, the King. So um, that'll be a cracker game as well. So we've covered a few sports there, Rick. We have indeed. Um, oh, that's just about it, I think, for the day. So I reckon it is. So uh, until next time, this is Rick. This is Phil.